Art is awesome. Martial arts are awesome. Let's take a journey to where they both are meet. Welcome to the Martial Artsy Podcast. And then him and his his like two other friends or three other friends were breakdancing or trying to breakdance. Okay. But like <laughs> but they were like bad. But they were bad. Oh man. But uh but I mean I respect him. Yeah, I respect him too. Um uh look up to him, even though he's probably not as tall as me. But yeah. yeah. You know, you know. Um uh metaphorically yeah, speaking you know what i mean so um hey everybody this is ray kong sarai bringing you the martial artsy podcast today's guest awkward pause <laughs> today's guest i have with me auto lie um if you know auto you know auto if you don't know auto let me give you a quick little rundown Otto is an accomplished media arts instructor, professor, what have you. Um, he own, He's the owner of the FX Dojo. He does a whole bunch of cool stuff. San Diego. San Diego, in the house. He is one of the few people I know that have a professional boxing record. We'll get into that. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, if you're still listening. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if, if you're still listening, he's done jujitsu. He has a gold medal for winning worlds, at, at least at one point. I worked right? on Beavis and Butthead. He, he worked on Beavis and Butthead. He also, OG, if you guys are old enough, if this is a shooting over your head, if you remember MTV... Claymation Celebrity Deathmatch. The original Claymation dude is right here. That's Otto. And I have the benefit of calling this guy my friend. So if we start sounding silly, you got to just kind of accept that because I'm 90% silly and uh, the 10% a whole bunch of other stuff. Look, I just want to say this is cool. This is super cool because I know you got martialartsy.com like... 10 years ago or something and you're finally getting the podcast going i'm here today to like make no doubt i'm here to boost your numbers that's right i'm just trying i'm just trying to boost numbers okay so (laughs) so so if you want to hear more about my amazing life keep listening yeah i've uh i've done a lot well you'll see no he's done done a whole bunch and like basically what we like to get down to are the nuts and bolts of like here on this podcast Hopefully, if you listen to like more than one of them, if this is your first time listening, one of the things I like to do is I like to talk about martial wait, wait, arts. Wait, 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 wait. You know, you know how you know how a lot of videos they start out with like they show like a little clip from in between, like somewhere from inside the video or inside the podcast, like something like that, that gets people like interested. So they're like, you know, what would that be? We got to tell people like what, why would they want to keep listening to this? Okay, so the, why, I, you, we're, gonna talk, we're gonna talk about a whole bunch of cool stuff. Big thing. Look, look, special effects. You ever seen like those <laughs> Israel Adesanya? Like all his, uh, yo, what's that? 
you eating sun chips back there? <laughs> uh, no, like like Cutcraft. Um, yeah, Israel Adesanya has got all these like awesome social media viral animation visual effects clips. I know how to do all that stuff. So he's a professor. So, so if you go to school, yeah, I'm actually that stuff, you know I love that shit. But he's going to be. I, what's the what's the profanity? Uh, I'm I'm explicit. Okay, okay, son. okay. Yeah, he knows yeah. how to do all that shit. <clears throat> yeah, I love that shit. Yeah, FX Dojo. So we'll give a quick rundown of all the stuff before, because like we're probably going to end up going off the reservation. But just to make sure, if you don't listen any further, uh, tell them all your Instagram. Off the reservation, stuff. I prefer if you don't, if you say uh, replace that with like off the plantation. You off see, the you plantation. See, you see how you see how that could that could be uh, <laughs> misconstrued. You know. Okay, I can own that one. Just off the off plantation. <laughs> off the island. <laughs> okay. Off the off the miniseries. Off the. <laughs> off the table of contents. If we stray from the from the uh, syllabus, then, <laughs> then you already know it's you, know you got to I mean? stray from the syllabus. Yeah, because that's where all the good stuff. No, at. no real teacher puts together a real syllabus. Yeah, I can say that because I'm a teacher at SDSU. It's a real ass teacher, son. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully, he's still a real ass teacher after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody show up. Tell them all your tell them all your stuff though. Like tell like. So your Instagram, oh, uh, give them all a rundown. So I got two. I have two Instagrams, FX Dojo. That's F X D O J O, and I only have I have less than eight hundred followers. It's not big, but that's all um, my my three D animation school related stuff. Then uh, I have Clone of Auto. C L O N E O F O T T O, and that's just my drawings. Word, but my story is where it's at. That's where all the action is. That's what, yeah. That's what Clone of Auto IG story. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's where you see my food. Where <laughs> that's where you do the um, the pre meal prayer where you take the food picture. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Food. So, so off the top, so like I kind of alluded to earlier, this dude's done a whole bunch of stuff, and like here on the Martial Arts Podcast, we talk about martial arts, you know, as it pertains to like. Just like everything, like I include boxing as a as a martial art. I think of um, judo, jujitsu, karate. There are certain parallels that you can draw a lot between things that people do as far as martial arts and the experience of becoming a better artist. You know, so yeah, yeah. martial arts is is martial arts is kind of like religion in that you can use it as a blueprint. You can use it as a guide to life. Yeah. And people that people that focus really hard on uh, religion and martial arts, I feel like they they are better. Yeah. They're better people just because <clears throat> there's there's just like a code. There's like a there's an unwritten code of conduct in martial arts. Yeah. I mean, you got to work hard. Right, you could you could be a dick still, yeah, and be a martial artist, as you saw from Karate Kid. That's right, bow to your sensei. Yeah, but but no matter <laughs> what, you still have like a, a, you still have some kind of code. Right, you're not just a slob. Right, you could be a. Uh, well. There's like, we, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're not gonna name drop yeah. on any slobs yeah. we know. Um, yeah, so it's like like the notion of like to do something. You're gonna be above average, right? Yeah. To to work hard and to know that if you try 
and you work at something, you're going to get better. Like, if you're not satisfied with something and you do a revision and you do another revision until what you create meets the vision in your head artistically or in the realm of martial arts. Wait, wait. Did you just say you make a revision for your vision? Revision for your, for your, for your vision. Revision until you reach your I'm gonna vision. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. Dude, I'm Captain Quotable, so you just got to keep writing these down. <laughs> yeah. Glad you don't have that many listeners yet. Yeah, like, yeah, because all of them, they would be like t shirts, mad yeah, t shirts. Yeah. So if you have a t shirt design company, this is the podcast. You need to subscribe to this because it's going to be some jewels upon jewels. We're going to be dazzle you, son. <laughs> so, all the jewels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is I, I think I've interviewed you like, so I don't know if you guys, if people know this, but um, we both train under Barrett Yoshida, or I, I would say I used to train since. I no, you still train. You just on a bit of a hiatus. That's all. Okay. Okay. Sabbatical. Okay. I'll, like teacher okay. talk. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll drop in <laughs> once in a while. Um, so back in the day, I was, I would be that guy with the video camera in the, in the jujitsu room uh, interviewing Barrett. And next to Barrett, I probably interviewed you more than anyone else so now you're getting I'm now big. i'm getting interviewed by like you physically like i take up a whole lot of space i, I interviewed i interviewed kong one of the first interviews the earliest interviews i remember was because you used to train in a wetsuit oh snap kong used to <laughs> kong used to roll in a in a wetsuit i don't know if you do that anymore probably not i don't fit in the wetsuit anymore yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that was that was back when i was trying to be svelte you know, you were like light heavyweight back then before I settled into being grown and husky. Now I'm grown and husky. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, you just got to live your truth. My truth is 4XL right now. So, so I actually tried that. I tried rolling in a wetsuit. Yeah. Yeah. It's miserable. There's no real reason for me to do that. I'm, nah, I'm already sorry. too small as it is. I don't need to lose more water weight. Yeah. Well, besides yeah. the losing the weight thing, losing weight is one thing, but um, it doesn't make your technique better. I don't think. It it can if you're slow. So, like, it adds that extra bit of resistance. I guess to if the other guy. Everything you're doing. The if, other guy's got to wear a wetsuit, too, though. If you're doing. So, like, <laughs> so like jujitsu, you're typically in a crunch for like 90% of the time. Like, you're shrimping or you're curling or you're curling up to get an underhook and a, a, a butterfly hook or whatever it is that you're, you're trying to sweep or like. So, you're in this position. And if you actually put on a wetsuit, depending on the thickness of the wetsuit, it's like adding an additional layer of resistance. To yeah. You. It wants to make you like straighten out, you know? You wore a summer suit. Yeah. I, I wore a full on wetsuit. Nah, son, yeah. don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you might die. <laughs> we don't no, want it was that tough. It was I like, don't want that on my conscience. <laughs> I was like, this is how it feels to not be flexible. Yeah. And, and on top of that, too. One of the things, one of the components of that was I would wear a wetsuit and then train with smaller people. So I'm not experiencing the full, oh, okay. the full Handy, smotherness. Yeah, yeah. So that neutralized the handicap. Yeah. It, but it makes me have to, like, to replace my guard, I have to move faster. And it's harder to replace your guard when you're in a rubber band with a zipper on it and you're trying not to die. True. So that's kind of, that was kind of one of the OG things. We did... A whole bunch of different things together. Uh, like, he's been around for, like, a hot, hot second, like, as far as, like, training with Barrett is concerned. And 
Yeah, I, rem- I was there. I remember uh, before Undisputed was even built. Oh, Undisputed's the first gym that Barrett started teaching at in yeah. San Diego, outside of Hawaii, probably. Right. Yeah, it was. He he legit. He used to have a school in Eva in Eva Beach, and he got the opportunity to teach full time because the school in Eva Beach was only open like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Did you come to San Diego for Barrett? A hundred percent. I was like a purple belt. I had recently got my purple belt in Hawaii, and I was working at the bank. I was working at like First Hawaiian Bank. Shout out First Hawaiian Bank. That's what's up. Oh, yeah, that's the job. You were there for like a week or something. Nah, I was there for like two years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it felt like like 12 because I was in the call center. I was talking to people all day long. So I was getting yelled at by everybody's auntie. There was people that would call there and complain about things. And if you haven't noticed, like some of you guys are watching on video. You can see I'm kind of like an ogre, you know. That's you can see that, but some of you guys that are specifically listening, I have this happens to me all the time. People think I'm actually like a twelve year old boy. <laughs> you're you're losing kid. listeners right now. <laughs> <laughs> I probably am, but I look like a twelve. I sound like a twelve year old boy. Wait, wait, wait! Stay tuned, guys. Don't hang up yet because uh, we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about dating advice. Dating advice. Yeah, this is going to be the. the <laughs> we ain't talking about no dating swipe advice. Swipe right podcast. <laughs> We're not, this is not, there's no, not going to be any, there's not even any dating advice. It's not, you can't, look at me. I can't give you no dating advice. This guy, <laughs> maybe, because, you know, he's got that whole thing no, going dude, on. No, dude, I got That's his whole thing. Um, nah. Legit, though. Um, legit, though. He, like, like. Have you dated anyone not from, on your, from your jujitsu that you rolled with? Did you, have you, what's your take on dating at, at the dojo? Dating at the dojo? Don't. Why not? Why not though? Because it's it's just a it's a it's a strange thing. Like, like come on, man, just 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 say it. Just, just say it. Why? Just Why co- not? Just don't. Just don't do it. What could happen? What could happen? I know. I know. People say don't shit where you eat, but just tell us what could happen. What has happened to you? Why not date at the dojo? Because it's not cool. <laughs> Come on, man! Oh man, you're I'm gonna lose. Tell you, I'm trying you need, to tell you're you. gonna lose listeners right now. This, I'll tell you why not to date at the dojo, because you're gonna ruin your chances. You're gonna you're gonna ruin your chances of more dating. I tell I tell I tell like this. It's the same thing. So, well, boot camp. All right. It's so yeah. like okay. Navy boot camp. Everyone shows up young, 17 years old, pimples on their face. 18 years old, pimples on their face malnourished because you probably joined the military because you didn't have a whole lot of money in your pocket or whatever and it made perfect sense for you to go take that ASVAB go down to that 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 office and sign that paper and then end up in boot camp everyone's ugly day one everyone's ugly and fat but then they make (laughs) you work out right and then they feed you like good meals like three times a day and you drink, they make you drink a butt ton of water. So six weeks into a regular workout routine and proper health, everyone starts looking beautiful, skin glowing. Okay, okay. So this is a deal. So if you're in boot camp and you say lose like 100 pounds and there's a girl in boot camp that lost like 100 pounds, don't date that girl. Because <laughs> do you date that girl in boot camp? 
you made this tremendousness, this complete transformation, and they kind of did the same thing too, but that's all that's in front of you. That's all that you can reach. If you don't understand that once you go out in the world and say you may have gone to your first uh, gentleman's club experience, <laughs> and it's, you don't understand what that's going to look like when you walk through the mall that first time when you're on Liberty Weekend and you meet... Uh, Someone who's very nice. So you're saying that good you're saying that they hasn't been subjected to you. You're saying you don't know what you got. And okay. so if you typically people that do that, like it's just because like if you it's, a lot of times people that's the lifestyle they live, and so like it gets romanticized. Like that's like okay. Wait, let me see if I can summarize what you just said. You're saying don't date at the dojo because you're only seeing like you're seeing that person at their best. You're seeing and that person, bad? and it's not that you're seeing that person at their best, is that you're seeing someone, and a lot of times it's just because it's legit, like, that's the closest person to you. Like, you're not giving yourself a full sample of what is out there. And another thing is just that, like, there's a certain romanticism about people that do what you do, you know, like, like if I were say like, like a teacher, like if I was, so you're saying opposites attract, like don't date someone that has the same hobbies as you. No, it's just, it's, it's not that someone like you guys can have the same hobbies, you know, it's just, you don't want to date someone literally because like you have the, the horse blinders on, you know, and if you have the horse pointers on it, you got a good spot where you're training, your whole training situation works out and that works out in your life. Have you ever, Don't have the horse blinders on. Okay, well, if, if you're doing jujitsu, because we all know jujitsu works, it's been proven. And let's say you're dating someone that does like, uh, not to throw any martial arts under the bus, but this is martial arts podcast. Every martial art has its pros and cons. Okay. But let's <laughs> say you're, let's say you're doing, let's say you're doing jujitsu. There's a lot of cons in jujitsu martial arts. Okay. Okay. Legit. True. True. Okay. Let's say you're doing uh jujitsu and, and your girlfriend is doing, um, uh, Krav Maga. Okay. And she starts saying, uh, Oh, this is the best martial art. Cause, uh, you know, but we can't spar cause I would kill you. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's I'm a, just trying to bring this podcast back on on back on yeah, back yeah, on yeah. back yeah. on brand. Yo, so that's the interesting. That never happened to me, by the way. That, that never happened to me either. I, you know, honestly, like I legit respect all martial arts. You do. I like that about you. And I've never ever like I, I don't talk down on on anyone's martial art. If someone were to like like to state that, and then like if they wholeheartedly believe that. That might be like indicative, indicative, or however you say that out loud, because I've only read it. Um, Indica that, indicative. Indicative. <clears throat> that might be indicative of like a deeper problem, like legit, like maybe like if her instructor is telling her stuff like that, like like giving her, feeding her the old Demock touch, you know, like oh, death totally. touch. Give them the death of yeah. treatment. That's indicative of like a deeper problem as far as like. Okay. I like that topic. You know, one thing that I realized recently is just because there's so much talk about politics. Uh, what's really crazy is I have, uh, I don't really have a strong political stance like left or right. And like, I'm not even going to talk about like who I'm going to, who I would vote for and stuff like that. But 
it, it is similar to if if you take sides you yeah. know what i mean like if uh if you're always talking about oh you know trump this or trump that or or i hate this about hillary or whatever and uh and you might be that guy that's that's like oh a jujitsu purist or something you know you're right you could you know try like just have an open mind you know the funny thing is like i have legit been doing like myself been doing jujitsu for so long i have seen trends come trends go i remember back in the day iphone or android i've had both but currently right now you know what i mean you know they're tribes you know what i mean so it's just like there's people that like refuse to to see you know the good in something because they're invested in the good in something else you know but legit you can have good good you can have so but like legit jujitsu has done like so old school back in the day it was like arm bars and triangles arm bars and triangles were the thing then the next wave was like the the first wave of like footlocks. Everyone was like footlock, footlock this, and it was kind of taboo. And then it was like guillotine, you know. And then it was like you mean X-Star. you mean jujitsu in MMA or just jiu-jitsu just jujitsu okay, in general? Okay. It was like there's like these waves where someone picks something up and starts something or starts like a trend, and then from that trend, they legit like. It becomes like a wave, like everyone just like latches onto it, and like you see, it like it's 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 like a fashion. Yeah, you know, like fashion comes and fashion yeah, goes, yeah. like ebbs and. Too flows. bad you don't have more than one mic because we got some other martial artists here in the room. Oh snap! Shout out to KG Clips, and uh, <laughs> that's KG C L I P S. <laughs> that's what's um, up. I know he, he used to train Muay Thai at City of Champions. Oh, sick! Over in Rolando. Yeah. Shout out to. Dustin Thornton. Yeah. Shout out. And then uh, we got 100 Sway. 100. Yep. 100SWAY. <laughs> and uh, he he's a Muay Thai trainer. He Actually, you trained Jiu-Jitsu too somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where he trains though. But legit. Back to what I was talking about. Yeah. Before, so, <laughs> before, before my guests interrupted me. <laughs> I'm going to interrupt you more, by the way. <laughs> no, that's, that's all good, though. That's the whole point, yeah, bro. Yeah. Like, so I was talking about, it's like, like, I've seen stuff come and go, right? And stuff gets pulled from different places, you know? Like, like you, if you look at, like, some some of the guys, like, like OG back in the day when, like, say, like, like look at, like, Milton Vieira when he hopped on the scene was like with like like the Brazilian top team guys and it was like showing them like different types of guillotines and neck attacks like that was something that wasn't seen you know like in jiu-jitsu at the time when he kind of like showed up you know so people might have like there's like there's like a wave of like wrist locks like, so, like so, if you got so, some dope wrist locks like I'll be able to see what works and doesn't work and I I know enough to like be able to like figure out how to apply it and from where I'm at, you know, but I'm not gonna be like, oh no, don't show me none of that because that's that that stuff. Right, right. You're not gonna you're not gonna start hating on it. Right. Just because it's unknown or new. Right. There's no like, just it's it's like the person that that knows a lot okay, is well, okay with saying like I don't know. Kind of similar yeah. on the same vein. Like I'm okay with asking questions and okay with letting somebody. Sure. You know what I mean? So there's so ignorance is one of the reasons why people 
kind of separate or create boundaries. There's ignorance, but then there's also loyalty, maybe. Maybe there's, there's bit, this feeling of loyalty. There's a bit of loyalty, but there's a little bit of security and insecurity that's, that revolves around that loyalty as well. If you know where you're at and you know where you're secure and you're training jujitsu at, say, like a school and you have a buddy that does Aikido or Aikijitsu or something of that nature, and their entire system is legitimately oriented around wrist locks and different like like hand wrist stuff if you're at the point where you're like a blue belt and you're like training like jujitsu and you want to learn some dope wrist locks play around like figure that stuff out like you might figure out something that leads you down a path that like legit like you didn't even you couldn't even conceptualize that because at the end of the day it's literally just layers and layers of like magic tricks you know what i mean like you don't know what I have here. Surprise, it's a rabbit, you know? <laughs> like setups and and like traps. Like it's literally just a hundred percent a physical chess game of smoking smoking mirrors, you know? So if I learn a different approach or a different way to hide the rabbit that doesn't require I like, me. I like street magic. Street like, magic, yeah. yeah. David, David Blaine. Yeah, also David Blaine. If if I can swallow a tadpole and you don't see it or whatever you know, like, and like <laughs> burp and it comes out on my ear some smooth way. That wouldn't be magic. That's that just, wouldn't be magic. That's just animal cruelty. Unless it had hot sauce on it. Because <laughs> that's how I roll. You know what I mean? Sa, sa, sa. No, you you're plant-based I mean? now, man. You can't plant-based, swallow a tadpole. Plant-based, but it came on my ear. So, you know what I mean? It's a circle of life. <laughs> you know? Bow, bow. Just like that. In and out. Not the burger. <laughs> 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 you know? When is In-N-Out coming out with the Impossible In-N-Out Burger? They better stay. It better be impossible for them to come out with Impossible Burger. You could just get fries. Yeah. that's You, know, you could just get a grilled cheese. Yeah, right, true. You know what I well, mean? Like uh, grilled cheese. They, well, In-N-Out grilled cheese. That cheese is, if you're plant-based, you can't eat cheese. Well, how plant-based are you? Okay. You know what I mean? If you're a veggie, you could eat the grilled hey, cheese. Hey, can, can I ask you your opinion about Game Changers? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think... That's my opinion about game changers. You know, it's it's one of those things where like legit every single time, it's like every like two or three years, like another one comes out. You know, and like we were just talking about like tribalism, like how people eat. A lot of times, there's a lot of tribalism that's involved in that. And somebody from the camp, from the from the from the no cruelty to animals camp, will jump out of the woodworks. And be like, yo, if you eat chicken, you're going to die. It's like, <laughs> all right. If you eat chicken, it's going to be an assault on your ability. Uh, from. <laughs> well, you don't eat chicken, no. Yeah, but I do that completely for selfish reasons. <laughs> my chicken I don't to not care die. <laughs> to not die that's it, like the thing is about it is like so whatever you, what, it, what it boils down to whatever your reasons are you know like whatever your reasons it, like it boils down like like you have to look at it from a much bigger lens than just the single individual and their their consumption of of chicken you know at the at the at the root at the root of all things that like are like animal cruelty and animal destruction. I, I won't I won't say that I'm like on board with any sort of like 
factory farming or anything. But I can tell you this, as someone who lives in a place where there's a lot of agriculture and I wake up in the morning, I smell fertilizer and stuff's getting grown. I drive on my way to work and I see the fields with, you know, the migrant farm workers like picking up stuff. Kong like, lives in California, by the way. I live in California, but I live a little bit further north, northern, north of San Diego, still in Southern California. But legit, like there's so much stuff that goes into that, like. Like, there's so much stuff that goes into, like, those gigantic fields that produce that stuff to be cleared, to be irrigated, you you know. And then you want to talk about, like, you look at, like, the water crisis here in California and, like, the usage of water and, like, what it takes to to form infrastructure around being able to water water those plants and to be able to... Terrible. Like, you just think about it. Like, you can literally look on your left side will be complete desert. On your right side will be some sort of you know, like, like crazy commercial factory farm situation. And like, you know, like, you know, when it's harvesting time, cause like legit there's buzzards. Did you see that? Field. Did you see that uh, notice about people that live in Poway, how you should be boiling your water? Cause the recent storms like contaminated. Anyway, anyone who lives in Poway, if you're listening to this, Boil your water. Shout out to Poway. Shout yeah. out to Endless Journey Jiu-Jitsu. JD Spec. JD Spec, homie, homie over there. Teach people how to choke each other. Um, Don't drink the water, though. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll stop asking you questions. I think I've been asking you too many questions. <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I, I just think legit. Ask th- me a question. Okay. Um, What's your favorite prime number? 13. 13? That's a, that's a dope one. <laughs> What what has been okay? I alluded to this earlier. I was going to ask you about your boxing situation. Oh, boxing. Okay. <laughs> uh, I used to not. I used to be more shy about it, but I'm just going to say it. Uh, I took a dive. <laughs> that's the whole. That's the only reason. I'm sorry, Dennis. I don't. I don't even know his last name. Adonorado or something. His. One of his wins, at least, is not legit. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you knocked me out in the first round and I went down on a body shot. But uh, that was planned out. <laughs> and uh, yes, I got paid. I didn't know why I did it really, but I was young. And uh, it opened my eyes up to to like, you know, when you... When you realize that like winning now you know what I don't I don't know what I'm going to say about this really but it was just a good experience actually I, I wouldn't say positive but it was a learning experience yeah because what happened was uh, I was training boxing and kickboxing in New York City um, shout my, out to New York City yeah my, my coach my coach knew some knew some people and they were trying to build up this guy's record and the guy was 160 pounds. I was probably like 135 back then. And so my girlfriend at the time had to sew some weights into my like spandex shorts. And I had to go down to uh, City Hall, uh, New York to get weighed in. And uh, all these like super shady, like it, it was like just straight up like Sopranos type characters yeah, with like cigars literally. And, and I was like shaking, like, like sweat. Like, I mean, I, I was so scared that I was going to get busted with like weights in my shorts. <laughs> um, anyway, I didn't get busted. Uh, I almost did. Cause they, cause right after I got weighed in, 
uh, I immediately just wanted to get these shorts off because I was so scared that these weights were going to bump into each other and like make noise. Yeah. And, uh, and they let me weigh in with my sweatpants on. And I remember I got up on there with my sweatpants and they were, and I was like 155 and they were like, this guy's not even 160. If, if I could do an Italian accent, I would, I would do it. But, uh, <laughs> it was like, Hey, yo Vinny, this guy's not even 160 with sweatpants on. But, uh, anyways, as soon as I got off the scale, I, I ran into this office office room and I like took the the weights off I took the spandex off and then uh my 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 pretend coach was like yo 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 yo. he came back in he was like yo put him back on put him back on they're making you weigh in again and uh because I guess one of the main commissioner guys wasn't present so I had to like I was like shaking up my heartbeat was like my heart was about to jump out of my chest I like went behind this door and I like pulled them back on real quick and uh the 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 secretary was like looking for me and she's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And uh, my coach was blocking her, you know, trying to buy me time. And then finally, when I came out, like I was like drenched in sweat. Like I probably and I was only like 20 years old back then. Yeah. So and they were like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like and they're like, oh, he's just nervous. He's just nervous. And then I waited again. And, you know, you know, the guy the guy knew they all knew. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they might not have knew that I had weights in my my shorts, but they knew that I was supposed to get beat. You know, like yeah. in hindsight, I can see I can understand everything now. Like like. You know, but I went through the whole process of getting a professional New York State boxing license. And, I, you know, I, I know what you have to go through now. You got to do like a CAT scan. You got to do a um, blood test. You have to go through an interview. And, you know, they, they told me everything to say. They said, oh, tell them you had a bunch of amateur fights in Canada, blah, blah, blah. And um, but everyone's just looking at you like, yeah, you're, we know you're you suck. You're the feeder fish. Yeah, yeah. And even the even you're the, here for the feeding. <laughs> totally totally but at the time i was thinking hey i'll get 500 bucks and uh and i only cared about kickboxing back then yeah so i just and and my coach was like yeah this is who cares if you get a, a bad boxing record because you're trying to do kickboxing anyway which i never even had any pro kickboxing fights either so <laughs> but uh um yeah even the doctor that was checking me out and making sure that uh i was fit to to fight he even told me he's like he's like why are you doing this and he he went he told me like he's like you know your face is going to change he's like you get you get hit in the in the eyebrows enough your eyes get droopy and he like he tried to talk me out of it actually like yeah. he probably just looked at me like hey this kid goes to NYU and he's studying animation he's why, like smart yeah like <laughs> why, why why are you doing boxing but uh, anyways i went in there and um it was in Long Island and it was supposedly like a pretty big card. Like yeah. the main event was Mitch Green. That's the guy that yeah. uh, fought Mike Tyson in the streets. But yeah. anyways, I went out there with the Jerry crowd. I remember that. Yeah. When, and I, think I didn't, I didn't, I didn't stay for that fight, but, uh, I went out there and, and that's the hardest I've ever been hit in my, in my head to this day, I think. Well, maybe not because Manny made me spar, uh, uh, Shoot, forget his name. That big dude from Undisputed. <laughs> Anyways, um, Herman? <laughs> no, 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 no. Bigger than Herman. Manchild? Um, nah. Uh, I've <laughs> sparred Manchild, but he didn't know how to punch back then. Uh, anyways, <laughs> you're fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I can't remember his name. Oh, I feel bad. Shout anyways, out to Manchild. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways, it was embarrassing because um, I took a dive, and I remember like walking out of there. Everyone was 
people were coming up to me and saying like, Hey, good fight, man. But it wasn't, it was like sad. Yeah. Uh, and then, and I knew cause there's no other Asians. There's like no Asian people at all. Like probably even in the crowd. And I was like, man, you just, you did not represent Asians. Cause people are, you just enforce a stereotype that Asians can't box. Cause no one ever thinks of an Asian boxer really. Yeah. Even, even today when there's a lot of Asian boxers. Uh, well, this is before, Pacquiao? this is before Pacquiao. Yeah. My bad. Yo. Yeah. But, but even, but name, a, name another one. You know what I mean? Um. Anyways. <clears throat> yeah. In less than five seconds. Uh, less than five seconds. Hold on my phone now. I pulled some up. Yeah. Google works. Auto lie. <laughs> Auto <you> lie. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, Especially boxing. Boxing old school, legit. I'd say like the old school business model for boxing was legit to like play up stereotypes and pit stereotypes against people. It was like really, really like they really relied on that back in the day too. So. I can see how like you you're in the atmosphere that that's that's how that goes you know like oh the Mexican versus you know the black guy or the black guy versus yeah, yeah. you know well two Mexican guys yeah. are gonna fight and they're gonna stand but, in the middle but of the you know what though like concuss each other blacks and Mex- Mexicans have they have like legit real heroes yeah and uh, anyway it's not like it's not like the weight of of like Asian Americans was on my shoulders or anything but. But I, I knew for sure that, like, after that, I was like, hey, I'm not going to do anything that's going to make myself feel like shit. Right. You know? Yeah. And if you but, do something, you're going to do it the right way as opposed to... Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the crazy thing is, too, though, um, what I learned, too, is that there's different types of uh, fixed fights. Oh, yeah. There's There's fixed fights where the person you're fighting doesn't even know that you're going to take a dive, right? Yeah. So they would... Um, then there's ones where the guy, both people know, um, you know, th- I guess there's some other ones too, but yeah, but yeah, anyway, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty cynical of, of all fights now. Like, yeah. like even, even in MMA, when some of them look really real, yeah, you still don't even really know. Like, like these guys take damage for a living. Yeah. So they don't care if they actually get their face bashed in yeah. like i mean they do but like if they get a big enough payday yeah. they'll make sure it looks real um the thing about it is like you gotta think about it it's like uh, sometimes when you see stuff like that happen like it's layers to it you know like it's levels like you were saying like it's levels to like the types of dives that are out there it's levels to like yeah how far in you are to like the notion that you are not supposed to win yeah because sometimes somebody forgets to tell the guy that he's not supposed to when and they go out there and win. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, so here's a here's what here's a let me paint a picture of what it felt like on the way to the fight. Okay, um, my whole corner knew what I was gonna do. Yeah. Right. I was coached on it and everything, but that whole day leading up to, leading up to it, everybody had their game face on and and everyone was even like. Even though we were in the car driving to Long Island from uh, Gleason's, and there's no one, it was just me, uh, this guy Lord British. His name was literally Lord British. He was the he was the cut man, uh, and then um, my supposed coach Joe, and uh, and someone else that's also in my corner, like carrying the towel or something, but all of us knew that I was going to take a dive and they were hyping me up as if I was really going to fight. They were still like playing the game. And I feel like they have a lot of experience in, um, in, 
in this that I guess it's just better to have that mentality going yeah. into it. Like, like you're a method actor. Yeah. You know, but, uh, anyways, it was, I, I did a bad job too. Like, <laughs> like it was fake. Job. It was fake as fuck. Like, <laughs> like, cause I have it on VHS somewhere too. And, uh, my, my real kickboxing coach, when he watched it, he was, he was dying laughing. He was like, Oh my God, that was so bad. Cause I, I was supposed to get, I was supposed to, um, go down once get back up and then go down again and uh after i got hit a few times i was just like fuck this this is this is <laughs> on purpose y'all got I'm, me out here I'm, I'm, this dude I'm, swinging I just, at my I head stayed, i stayed down <laughs> i just stayed down and then uh and then when they hit me with the smelling salts i was like oh shit that's horrible yeah that's that's anyways. like the, a lot of people don't realize especially when it comes to fighting like it it's a, it can be a very very gross it's a gross ecosystem there's a lot of like like opportunity and there's a lot of like people oh yeah that you know like there's a red corner and there's a blue corner i was in the red corner and and most of the people in the red corner were losing it was like that was like the losers corner you know oh and wow. like you're in that back room where everyone's warming up and like it feels like uh you know, Russell Crowe in Gladiator, like waiting to go out. Everyone's just waiting for their time to go out there to, to get to fed, go die. Yeah, to go fed die to a lion. Yeah, yeah. It's it's MMA fighting. I mean, like, I myself have had the opportunity, like, like to have done it for like a while. So like to see the progression of MMA, literally, like, there's been times where we go into not here, but maybe go into take guys into Mexico. And you get there, and you're fighting in a strip club, <laughs> and it's like a poorly drawn, uh, <laughs> poorly drawn naked lady that we don't know if she's really just like if it's a naked lady or somebody started the drawing as a mermaid. They used to have MMA fights <laughs> in a strip club. Yeah, I never went. One to of those. the guys on the I remember one of the guys on the card. There was one time in particular, one of the guys on the card was like a low level lucha luchador, and I think he was there to be the red corner in, in this situation. But he didn't know, and then he ended up getting beat up, and he was trying to do flips in between because he got the crowd going, and then, but it's just one of those weird situations. Like it's so, it gets so shady down at the, the that that bottom rung of like like sports, you know, like legit dudes with like exploitation. Yeah, like first of all, you're you're a dude in a strip club, and then you get pulled into the back room, and then the promoter goes, "Okay, I know I agreed on this much." You're only probably gonna get five hundred bucks to begin with, and then the guy goes, "Um, all I have is three hundred and sixty-two dollars." Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, can you can I can I can I send you the money? <laughs> You're in a foreign country yeah. in a strip club in a linen closet, and the guy's like, um, trying to like adjust the price that you agreed upon, and you went out there and like you risked a lot, and you probably, yeah. probably bled, and you are like need to get stitches but you don't want to get stitches you can't if you can't even drink the water like why are you gonna you know what i mean you think you think those experiences make you tougher though i think yeah i think when i think legit at the end of the day like like those are almost like those are like unfathomable you know in the beginning part when you walk into that gym and you pick up a pair of boxing gloves and you learn how to shadow box and learn how to move in the beginning stages those things are like the farthest thing from like reality. You like you don't think that, you know. You think you could. Everybody thinks they're Rocky, you know, from day one. 
we don't realize what it probably meant to be Rocky. Like, legit, Rocky probably had a few of those fights until he got the opportunity to fight Apollo the first time, you know? Like, he was probably, like, the notion of a journeyman, you know? Like, back in the day, you know, it's like... Yeah. So, like, you have to wade uncomfortable waters where a lot of times, like, you're the... Even if you don't, if you're not even, in on it. Even if you're Sage Northcutt and you're groomed. Yeah, and you're groomed. Like, yeah. you could still go out. There's a feeder fish, you know, feeder fish mentality out there. And, like, like a lot of times people are literally just trying to fatten up their their game cock, you know. So they'll take you out and put you, feed, parade you out like the goat and, um, and uh, whatchamacallit. And, um, and uh, what's, the, what's the dinosaur movie? <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot as a tip Jurassic of Park? Yeah, like the goat in Jurassic yeah. Park. They just parade you out there. <laughs> like bah! and then you just get gobbled up by a yeah. velociraptor. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it's just to bring it back to like connect martial arts and art, like there's there's once money gets involved in a lot of things, it takes the fun out of it and it just gets ugly. Like same thing in art too. Like how many people do art for fun? And then and then once once you figure out, once money's involved, it's just not fun anymore. I mean, I, I know what that feels like because, because, you know, I like drawing and stuff, but then once, once you're trying to sell art or you're, you're doing something for a commission for someone and then they, they start trying to like tell you what to do. It's not fun anymore. Yeah. Martial arts. It's like, I pay, I, I had fun doing jujitsu. I enjoyed jujitsu, but I was paying money Yeah. to do jujitsu. Imagine if, if all of a sudden I'm getting paid to jujitsu, I mean, I never got to that level, but like, I'm sure it's just becomes way more stressful if you have to win rather than like you have to win to, to make money to feed your kids or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's way harder than just going into a, a job where you can clock in and drink some coffee and, and do what you have to do to make money. Yeah. But if you, yeah, I mean, anyways. Yeah. Jujitsu right now, money wise isn't, isn't, it's kind of like in that strange area, like in the beginning of MMA. MMA was like, like yeah, you could. The cool thing about MMA is you be like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I fight MMA, but it's almost the same as like being like, like in like a like a like a rap group, you know, back in the day. Like, it's like it's like, yeah, I can go out there and say like go to a club and say yeah, girl, I, you know, I rap, you know, and that helps me if I'm you know trying to you know impress a young lady or whatnot. But in reality, like, those checks aren't enough. They're not very impressive. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're probably sleeping on somebody's couch, you know, like, you're trying to live yeah, your... Yeah, you're not, you're not your, going to impress anyone for real by saying you're a SoundCloud rapper. Yeah, and I, nowadays, that's kind of what it, what, what it is, but, you know, like, back in... The, or, like, say you're, like, a musician, you know, like, say you, like, play the guitar, you know, like, in, like, random bands. It's, like, like what the skill level it takes to get to that point where you're actually, like, people will pay to listen to you there's a huge chasm between that performing artist and the person that say like, like that has a, has a legitimate album out and is making money from an album or assigned to a label or something like that. But then, but then those are kind of like the glory days too, because when you're, when you're like young and you're just hustling and you're not really like experienced, you're not, um, what do you call it? corrupted you're not you're not jaded yet yeah yeah you know what i mean there's like a there's a beauty to to that stage of your growth yeah you know what what possibility 
you know, yeah, just yeah. kind of like, like everything's possible. Yeah. I mean, how many times, look at, look at everyone's social media, like all the older guys are always posting like pictures of back in the day when they were memories. Yeah. When they were like, when On they looked day. better, when they, when they had their hand raised, when like everyone's like, Oh, TBT. When I did this, like no one really cares, man. <laughs> it's good though. Like honestly, like sometimes like, like I've put it to I've put I've said it on this podcast before. Like I've had many lives. <laughs> like I've literally like I've lived so many different lives that sometimes it's it, like especially if you're t- like type of person like me who's lived a bunch of lives and who is like a habitual throwback Thursday dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Habitual, <laughs> habitual. When I wasn't, I wasn't, up, I didn't mean you. But. No, it's all good. That's why I got defensive because I was like, you know what? Hey, I'll be doing that throwback Thursday stuff. But if you're someone like me who's got, like, 18 million different lives, like, legit. Like, like it's good to, like, like people know me because, like, uh, like legit of different names. So, like, if you call me Kong, you probably know me from something fighting related. If you call me uh, Ray, then you probably know me from, from work. From Texas or, or from Louisiana Texas or something. Or from Louisiana. If you call me by my last name, you probably know me from when I was in the military, you know. So, like, that's... That's like legit. Like, so like, it's interesting when certain stuff pops up and like, almost like looking at a tree, looking at the rings on the tree. You know, like going like, oh, that's when that bad storm happened. You cut a tree and you can see the rings. That's you know? when the bad storm. That's when that bad storm happened. Mm-hmm. That's when they, we got a lot of water that year because, you know, like, oh, I remember that. I got, yeah, no, I, I hear you. I I was in the last. It's fun son. to it's fun to rep, get nostalgic. Yeah. Look back, I, yeah. I have this thing I, I think about like so like it kind of goes into like like um it goes into kind of like my philosophy like cultivating the white space you know so what I mean by cultivating the white space is like revision your vision just time to pause and reflect you know there's so many different things like that we're so in a hurry it's not just that we're in a hurry in today's day and age for consumption of of goods, we're also in a hurry for consumption of experiences. But if you don't have any refractory time to put things into perspective, then you're literally just a consumption machine and that need to consume, consume, consume is 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 can be destructive, you know? It can be destructive of your joy. It can be destructive of your ability to like to take a breath, you know? So like I have this like notion of cultivating the white space. There's things like that, like like food. There's so many things that we're doing nowadays that trend wise have a name, like intermittent fasting, aka skipping breakfast. Yeah. Like that's a whole thing. Yeah. There's dudes with apps that are so, teaching so you how not saying, to eat. So you're saying that they cultivated the white space and came up with the name? Exactly. They monetized cultivating the white space. And uh, 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 along the lines of, you know, like dietary constraints, you know, you know, as a teacher, that's that's an important thing to do, too, is after after you have a test or Marie after, Kondo, you know, the Marie Kondo. Yeah. Method, what, what is that? That's, that's I mean, what like does a, that have to do with so it? like a mi- minimalist, op, like as far as like life space? Well, what I was going to say is as far <laughs> as the uh, hugging your old stuff and passing it on. <laughs> oh, OK. No, I was more talking about like. As I just a, jumped in. I just yeah. thought Marie Kondo. I was like, Marie Kondo. <laughs> nothing to do with what you're talking about. <laughs> Marie Kondo. 
Is she married to Yuki Kondo? No, 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 okay. no. No, anyway. The uh, Kondo method. That you remember when Yuki Kondo got, he was like the great Japanese hope at one point. Yeah. Thought he would, might be able to, might have a chance against An Van, uh, Anders, uh, Vanderlei Silva, but no. Back in the day. He got destroyed too. But uh, no, as a Shout teacher. Vanderlei Silva. <laughs> <laughs> Or AKA Cyborg. No, I'm just kidding. Um, or either anybody, all of them. No, I mean a, after after his plastic surgery. But uh, um, no, as a teacher, after you you got to have a time where you, and as a parent, you got to take some time to explain to your kid, like kind of summarize what happened. You know, as a teacher, you you give a test out, and like half the class does bad. You got to take some time out and kind of like that refractory period you're talking about. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, you, you spank your kid or you yell at your kid. You got to take some time out afterwards and explain what happened. Right. Maybe, you, you know, it's important to do that with yourself. Like after, after important moments, you gotta, you gotta sit down and like, uh, maybe just take some notes. Yeah. Like always in a rush to go from place to place, go here, go there, go here. And then we're going there. And then we're going there. And we're going here. Like, sometimes it's sitting, like, everyone's, especially nowadays, digitally, everyone, you, every time you go somewhere, like, say, like, a concert, people aren't even watching the concert. You just see phones, phones, phones. Phones are like the new lighters, you know, like, in a concert, you know, like, like no one's firsthand enjoying the experience. Put your phones up. Yeah. You know, no one's, no one's firsthand enjoying it. They're all, you know... Taking these random, strange, out of focus, blurry images of everything and like legit, they're like, like, when's the last time one of those people probably sat down and le legit watched it? Everyone's got like eight gigs, <laughs> 800 gigs worth of a terabyte of info of, Th this, of space this, on your phone. This coming from the guy who doesn't miss a day of. Nope. Posting always, <laughs> on every I, platform. I post on all platforms simultaneously, and I that's that's one of the reasons why I'm like I'm kind of hip to it, you know. Like I like it's the notion that like yeah this act active that this activity, you know. Sometimes you got straw back and like you know, but instead you know, of sitting on your toilet and scrolling other people's lives, just sit on your toilet and scroll your own life. <laughs> yeah. Look at your phone. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're gonna look at your phone, you might as well look at like what you've actually taken pictures of. I don't think a lot of people. Well, do what that. do you what are you looking for when when you have that refractory period and you're you're cultivating the white space? What are you looking for? Are you looking for uh, answers on on what your next move is going to be, or are you looking for uh, trying to make sense of what just happened? Are you looking forward? Or are you looking at the past? Sometimes it's a bit of like just being grateful and just thankful for an experience or you can look back positively to something it doesn't need to be it can literally be just nothing just literally reliving that that experience just it doesn't have to have like it doesn't have to be pointed it doesn't have to because then then again now you're now you're you're changing the experience you're adding that experience now becomes becomes now I'm doing this to this to this. Like now there's another end to a means of, you know, when really you're just letting your life soak in, you know? So like whether for whatever reason, like that's just kind of like my 
my my thing. Like if the whatever it is that you're doing, sit back, you know, like cultivate the white space. It's like graphic design because that's you know what I do. It's like you can't have all words on the page. You got to have a little bit of space, and sometimes, you know, and even in any form of art, like sometimes the space says as much as what you as the pigment, you know. So like the balance between the two and using both to speak and add meaning to you know your creation and the same thing with your life like letting that that white space speak you know like mm-hmm. letting the white space of your life if you have no white space that white space could literally be you don't even have to have it digitally you could literally just kind of like go on a walk you know and have it be a part of like like a like a meditative practice where you're not ruminating over the bad yeah. but just absorbing isn't that what meditation is like people meditate for that very reason people take a moment of silence the thing about meditation is meditation from what i understand meditation to be is more like not like no thoughts like you're trying your best to get to a point where you can be conscious but have no thoughts that sounds exactly like cultivating the white space that sounds that i mean that's awesome you know and i'm not saying that like like so much as can be said about the the prevalence of meditation. Now, there's apps that remind you to be mindful, mindful meditation. There's apps that give you, uh, a, a, like they wake you up in the morning and they tell you to be thank, write down three things that you're thankful for. And like, there's also like uh, transcendental things that give you like a mantra that help move you through different things. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's out there that's capitalizing on giving people uh, a, a path to cultivating cultivating white space in their, in their lives. And by all means, any form of meditation, I, full, I, I support that. I just think that for a, certain, for a certain aspect, like that might be like cultivating the white space might end up being like your gateway drug into, into actually like getting a more formal pattern of meditation. And like we talked about earlier, we're talking about like people that have different tribes, whether it's veganism or whether it's this, that, and other. Sometimes you beat people that are like so gung ho meditation, like that being so gung ho meditation can sometimes be like like a tribe in itself. You mean, you mean like uh, monks? <laughs> I met some people, no, not necessarily. Monks that literally like that's they're they're retreating inward and like that's their expression you know like that's kind of like how they are in the world. I'm talking about the dude that with the man bun. <laughs> maybe maybe man bun whatever his hair style that I'm talking about the dude that just got the meditation app. And he's been meditating for two and a half weeks, and he's just won't shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like completely missing the point because legit, he's like screenshotting his meditation out and posting his Instagram <laughs> stories. Like that dude, like, I mean, maybe that's not the way, you know, we go about go about doing that. And and maybe you'll get more from it if you go about it a different way. That's just, that's all I'm saying. I'm not yeah. saying, I'm not telling anybody any, any, but that's just like my notion of like. Yeah, there's always the weekend space. warriors for everything. Yeah. And it's fun. Weekend warriors are fun, and 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 tribes are fun because you get, you know, you get people to go, yeah, that's awesome, <laughs> you know. 
you got your own built-in cheerleaders when you join a cult. They're like, yeah, new yeah. guy. Yeah. You know? New T-shirts. New T-shirts, hats, swag. Yeah. You get a new uh New Instagram. followers. You get a new Instagram, like, sub thing. You know what I mean? Like, transcendental. <laughs> <laughs> Meditate, whatever it is, whatever it is. But my thing is... That's just that's just kind of like been my thing, right now. Like at, recently, at least, like I'm, I'm working to make it more of a full and complete thought. You know, maybe a book. You know, but cultivating the white spaces is kind of like my whole, my 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 newest understanding of things. The same way, like I like I I think sometimes about like, like urban urbanism. You know, like being so urban that like life becomes completely different than you know well you live in hemet exactly so suburban <laughs> i've fleed from the urban i have a i have effectively left the urban to to bask in the glory of not a whole lot of people in my like i got space to swing my arms you know yeah not very far but i mean just a little no you bit. got a lot of space yeah so that's that's just my whole thing is just cultivating cultivating the white space you know, who knows? A lot of like when you talk about like veganism and whatnot, like, and you talk about you talk about uh, like the issues that we have with like pollution and the things that we have as far as as far as like issues that are created by like people being stacked on top of each other, like you know, opting for convenience, mm-hmm. you know, over over purpose a lot of times a lot of times it's if it comes if i can get it faster it doesn't i don't care if this is single use plastic mm-hmm. you know um i'll use this single use plastic and then i'll put it in my little plastic bin and meanwhile we don't even realize that the plastic that's supposed to be being it's recycled just gonna get burned it's not even that it, it, it'll either get burned in one of our dumps or it'll get shipped over to another country where we have some sort of strange relationship where they're supposed to dispose of or slash recycle or sort through um the the our recycle here in the u.s legit like it sucks like it, we literally just bag it up and send it to somewhere else on a barge and then it ends up even getting burned and like it it's not the root of the matter is that it's that overconsumption at the root of it is that what is 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 kind of like the that's like that's where it starts it it's like it's we want to overconsume. I want this plastic thing. I want that plastic thing. I want that thing. I got oh, this new thing came out. I yep. need a new joint. You know. That's so, why I'm still wearing the same clothes I did in high school. That's, I wish I I don't fit the same clothes. <laughs> I was like your size in high school. My head was much bigger. Yo, give though. me some of those. I need some new clothes, man. <laughs> I need if I still had them. I don't. I don't have them. But, no, my little brother. He's 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 all about everything you just said. And uh, he lives in Colorado and he's all environmental and everything. And then, uh, but then I was like, dude, you have 18 snowboards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, like, well, that's you what, have, I'm, that's you what go I'm on saying. These, you go on these trips. You, it's, 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 it's not, it's like. He bought, he just, he just bought like all this stuff. And uh, he was giving me shit for using plastic containers and, uh, and not throwing away my, my stuff into a compost and then when he left he came to visit for like a week he had like a million like amazon boxes and like <laughs> styrofoam peanuts and stuff and he just left it he didn't even break them down 
<laughs> I was so mad. Shout out to Otto's brother. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we telling all you now. You're going to see this. You didn't put it out in the universe, yeah, baby. Yeah, I'm venting. You know. Um, anyways. That's another thing, bro. Like, Amazon boxes. What's up with that? <clears throat> Why give you so much stuff? <laughs> and and it, comes, it comes quick. Don't get me wrong. I, I ain't going to lie. Amazon is, they. you know what I mean? They they fast. They they get there like that, you know. Yeah. However, comma, <laughs> if you order, I got I ordered some tires from one of my for from my truck. Why did my tires come in a box? <laughs> four individual boxes for four individual tires. I ordered them all quantity four. Yep, boing. Four individual yeah, boxes yeah. to fit truck tires in. Those boxes are like twenty five bucks each, at least. Yeah, God bless their heart. You know what I mean. Shout out to Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah, but that's like sponsorship. That's sponsorship. We ain't got no sponsors right now. It's legit. Just um, it's just me doing this, and hopefully, like some people like it and enjoy it. Oh, I mentioned it before. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite things to <laughs> my favorite things about. Your story is because when I was young, I was an MTV junkie, and I loved <laughs> Celebrity Deathmatch. <laughs> oh, yeah, Celebrity Deathmatch. <laughs> to death actually match. probably know the person that made, you know, like, original claymation, like, like animator, like, is, like... It's it's trippy to me, you know. So I didn't actually, you don't bring that up, I will bring it up at every possible... <laughs> I didn't actually animate anything i was a modeler but uh, um well so celebrity deathmatch is the brainchild of this guy named eric fogel he also created this shout out to eric fogel yeah shout out to eric fogel he also created a show called the head on mtv but he came up with this idea to have uh celebrities celebrity celebrity claymation fights and uh initially it was just me and this other guy working on it because it, it hadn't been greenlit yet so they right. had like very almost no budget and they just i don't even know how i got into it i think um because i was a intern on beavis and butthead and someone was just like hey Otto's taking a i was at nyu at the time taking a stop motion class and and i had some stop motion like claymation stuff on my reel and i knew how to make the armatures that i just learned straight from my teacher dean leonard and Shout out dean leonard yep and uh, so they just were, were like, hey, why don't you, you know, you want to work on this? And they just threw me in a room with this other guy and we made all the characters in the audience. And then while I was working on those, on modeling stuff, uh, you know, as when you work in any kind of job, you can, you get, you're pretty much under scrutiny and you get a chance to prove yourself. So, yeah. so as I was working, I just started making more stuff and then they gave me more responsibilities and I got to work on the pilot, which was Marilyn Manson versus Charles Manson. And, uh, and I made the, the Marilyn Manson wins. He beats, he, he rips Charles Manson's skeleton out of his body. So I made the skeleton. It was cool. It was a cool experience, but afterwards they didn't hire me back. Oh, they, and, and I don't think it's my fault. I think cause 
the guy that got me that job, he had some beef with the producer of that show. There's a lot of politics at yeah. MTV, as you can imagine. Yeah. But it's okay because I went on to a better paying job at Nickelodeon. Yeah. MTV was notorious for low pay, for exploiting. It's all, exp every everything is, you know, everyone's getting exploited in every yeah. field. Artists get exploited, fighters get exploited. Uh, and it's just a race to try to out exploit one another or just to get a bigger piece of the pie. But I'm hoping that I can change that by starting my own animation school and creating my own content and uh, trying to create a, a system to uh, an anim a system where artists get to create their own content and don't get exploited. And it's, it's got to be a good, the system has to be set up right. I think that's kind of like if you look at MMA fights, the rule set, the rounds, the, you know, why, why is there three rounds in an MMA fight instead of, you know, the pride days where there's two, one, one 10 minute round, one five minute round. Why, why are there like no eye gouging? Why are there certain rules? Well, it's because they realize that there's a system with a good system. You get the best fights and you can preserve the longevity of the fighters. Well, if you set up a good system for a school, if you set up a good system for creating art, um, then you get the best results and there's a lot of room for improvement. So check out FX Dojo. Uh, just, yeah, I guess follow Instagram and Facebook. and, and FXDojo.com? Yeah, FXDojo.com. I mean, really, there's not that much. It's just if you want to take 3D animation classes, check it out. But, you know, if you have any questions or you have ideas, hit me up. Uh, I just think, I mean, the whole thing with my my podcast, the martial arts podcast, is like talking about the confluence between martial arts and... Oh, that's art. what it's about? Yeah. Damn, we got off topic. We got so far off topic. <laughs> but the trippy part is your school is called FX Dojo. Yep. It's literally the manifestation of that. Like, yep. It's exactly... that's. <laughs> That's martial artsy. That's you know what? We, we should team up. For reals. Yeah. Legit. So like, how long has your school been there? Since 2012. 2012. And then it's, where is it located? Liberty Station, San Diego. That's in Point Loma. Uh, yeah. Liberty Station. Just look up uh, hashtag Arts District Liberty Station. There's Liberty Public Market. A lot of good food right next to Stone Brewery. I'm, so I'm right above. I'm right above a coffee shop called Chi Chocolat, right across the street from Slater Fifty Fifty, right across the street from Conpane Bakery, on the second floor. One of the dopest things that I I think that you that I've been a part of that you've got a chance to do, has been legit like, like putting together shows. It's like showcasing artists like that are in our community that we know that aren't different things and doing it in, in a fun, fun manner. Um, You've sold the, art. Yeah, I've sold art. At yeah. his, I, I created art and I, you know, showcased it there. Yeah. And I've, I've actually sold it. Sold you art. made some money. At, yeah. And that's part of It's just funny because like you do something so much like you probably don't even think about like talking about it. But like that's like that's probably one of the coolest things ever. Like you were talking about creating that ecosystem where people can actually have a better path as far as like things that that they do artistically and being able to capitalize off of it 
one of the most fun things was the Star Wars. Oh, the Star Wars art show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that wasn't just me. That was working together with Harry Chang and uh, Mike Fogoso and a bunch of Shout out to Harry Chang. (laughs) Yeah, Harry Chang, the Changsta. Chang Chang Jizzle. (laughs) (laughs) I just made that up. Hopefully he's not mad about it. (laughs) That's okay. He's Changsters. He's he's up in LA somewhere, I think. Changsters make the um, world go. Around. Yeah, Star Wars art show was cool. That 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 took some years off my life. That was hard. <laughs> it's hard work. You how many about how many how many um entrants did you have? Like people Oh, uh, this rough number. Like 170 num- 170 pieces of art cuz all the art shows that I worked on we try to just limit everyone. Everyone can submit a piece of artwork. There's no entry fee. Everyone's allowed to submit one piece of artwork pertaining to the theme. And uh, we accept everything pretty much as yeah. long as there's no like dicks on it or something. Yeah. No swastikas, no dicks. Yeah. Not even in a box. <laughs> um, as long as we don't catch it. Yeah. Yeah. If you got subliminals, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I that's mean, up to you. But hey, yeah. don't make that. You know, we're just going to put that out there. Um, <laughs> one of the dopest things, I saw, like, I don't think, like, I don't think the people that are listening to it really can kind of, like, like uh, conceptualize this. But legit, besides the 170 entrants there, there was also, like, like a, an orchestra. And they were, like, dressed up as Star Wars. They were playing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the Star Wars art show... You you already know that San Diego is the home of Comic Con, so San Diego is like the highest nerd population in the world. Level of nerds, <laughs> like freaking. They have yeah. We had stormtroopers. We had Chewbacca. Nerds. Yeah, here. we had like three Darth Vaders show up, and and we got a Harry had the Harry Harry is the mastermind of that one. He he inspired me a lot, and and uh, now I'm doing art shows on my own. But since Harry moved away, but. Uh, that was probably the biggest one I ever worked on with Harry. And his idea was to also bring in a string quartet to play Star Wars music. And they were on fire. I was like, yo, they're playing the Star Wars music right yeah. now. And there's a Chewbacca walking because there was like somebody. Yeah, there was a Chewbacca. <laughs> somebody was legit. All, <laughs> like, and he was like seven feet tall too. Yeah, like I'm big and this person was bigger. I think I'm pretty sure I have a picture of I, was, I felt. I know I do. I got pictures. So tiny next to this, you know, substantial. You were smaller back then. I was. I gotta rub that in, man. Come on, son. <laughs> come on. So I'm, first you give me talk about the vegans, and then you talk about no, how man. I'm I'm trying to good. I'm trying to get gain weight. You know, I'm trying to gain right. weight. It's, it's a it's a compliment. I'm a trained professional. I'll show you how it's done. Yeah. First of all, you had to put some meat on your plate. That's true. <laughs> Let's eat. This is all jokes. These is all jokes, yeah. people. All right. Um. I guess we could probably wrap this up. We've already talked like a million times about like where you can find him. FXDojo.com. FXDojo.com. All the things are underneath there. He's on Facebook, Instagram. You got anything going on like right upcoming? Yeah. Uh, Year of the Rat Art Show coming up. I think January 25th is going to be the day. But, okay. But I might push it back. But anyway, okay. 2020 is Year of the Rat. So... Uh, if you like to draw or paint or make sculptures or something, just make something that has a rat or related to a rat and we'll put it in the show. And Word. Then you, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a whole lot, man. 
Um, thank you for your time. Thank you for opening up your house, and thank you for. Um, Thanks for coming over, man. Just being a good friend, and I guarantee you, we're probably I'm, like we're trying to get these numbers up. We're gonna do. We might do like one or two more. Like, I oh might, I, yeah, yeah. We'll I'll show up like a ninja. I'll show up to an art show, and we'll do a podcast. Oh yeah, an art show. Yeah, that's what's up. No, we hit some good topics today. Let's do it again. Awesome. Us. Us.